Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're talking about what could potentially be next for the Galactic Star Cruiser. So this is our theories, and and I'm putting putting some odds on these too, because there's definitely going from the, I I don't think there's There's no way. Yeah, there's no, I don't want to say no way, but there's like... Very slim, very slim chances. chance of happening versus what I think may be more realistic. Because while the Star Cruiser did close this past week in its current form, Disney has already been hinting that it's not gone for good. They're going to be doing something. Josh Demaro a few months ago said, "I can't give you any details, but something's coming." Whether that's just to kind of get people to still go to it for the last couple months, I don't know. But Disney's also been doing a lot of surveys of guests that have gone. Recently, and so why are you going to do surveys about what they liked, about what they didn't like, if you're not going to do something? So it does seem like something will happen. Uh, it's just a matter of what that something is. Yeah, I've seen people um, say that they were selected for that survey and be like, "Yeah, you think this is only going to be an hour? I have a lot to say." <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. You know, I listened to the Disney Dish podcast. It's a really good podcast. Um, if you don't listen to it, but um, on on last week's or a couple weeks uh, episodes ago. Uh, Len Testa, who's one of the co-hosts there, was talking about the surveys, and he actually said that closing the Star Cruiser may have actually saved it, because it, it sounded like Disney was somewhat taken aback by the response they got of how it sold out completely for four or five months once they announced the closure, and that actually, weirdly, closing it and, and jump-starting that community and that fan base kind of caught Disney's attention, and you know, whereas before, maybe they would have just torn the thing down that this may actually keep it going because of that. Yeah. I, well, I have, a, I have a new theory, but maybe I should save this for the theory portion. Yeah, let's save that. So before we get into all about the Star Cruiser, let's touch on the Disney news of the week. So Disney announced a pretty big ticket offer for both Disneyland and Disney World. It's, it's geared towards children's tickets. So they seem to be discounting the cost for bringing your kids to try to get the whole family to come. But over at Disneyland, you can get tickets for as low as $50 per child per day um, for trips. Wow, that seems really cheap. It is. It is almost half of a one-day ticket. So typical one-day tickets are like starting at $98 for children. Um, and that's a one park ticket. And so you can get it as low as 50. So about half. Now this runs from January 8th through March 10th. But yeah, that's a, a great deal over at Disneyland if, if you have kids. Okay. So, and I feel like if most of you live near a park, like a theme park or an amusement park of oh, any that's sort. That's way cheaper than like yeah, a Six like, Flags or something. Yeah, yeah. Like this is way cheaper than our local park na- is now. Yeah, and then over at Disneyland, they are offering a similar discounts. So they're offering half-off theme park tickets and dining plans for children. Um, kind of the catch on that one is that you need to purchase a non-discounted four-night, four-day resort stay through Disney. So if you're already going, um, you can't get any discount on the hotel, which that may be a better deal than the ticket. So you kind of have to pick one or the other. Um, But this runs most nights from March 3rd through June 30th. So Disneyland's kind of right at the beginning of the year. Um, The Disney World one is kind of spring going into summer. But both of them really good deals. It's nice you get a discount on the dining plan as well, because that's coming back next year to Walt Disney World. So pretty deep discounts from what this seems to your point. 
it's like cheaper than I would imagine like a Six Flags or a Busch Garden. So Disney definitely must be seeing some softness in terms of bookings for early 2024 in order to drop this big of a discount now. All right. And then for the holidays, Disney announced the narrators for the upcoming Candlelight Processional at Epcot. So this starts November 24th, and they have different celebrities uh, each night narrating the Candlelight Processional. Um, Some of the the names that kind of caught my eye this year, uh, Neil Patrick Harris is going to be there. He seems to be like a regular staple that does this if not every year, every few years. Uh, John Stamos is going to be there as well. Brendan Fraser is going to be there. Eva Longoria, Sterling K. Brown, uh, and Jordan Fisher. So so some pretty big names this year for the Candlelight Processional. If you're interested uh, in the dates, most of them are there like two or three nights. Um, You can check out the Disney Parks blog for the specific dates. Wow. I think we need to book a trip. Yeah, definitely some big names this year. When I saw the list, I was I was pretty impressed and I was thinking like, oh yeah, can I make any of these dates to go down there and see that? But but yeah, definitely a, a good group this year. All right. And then I also did want to mention we are having a giveaway that's tied to the Star Cruiser. So when we went on our last voyage in July, we bought a couple of the merch items there for a giveaway. So we have a Halcyon patch and we have a really nice Shandrilla Starline like leather bound notebook. So we're going to be giving with a magnetic clasp. That is the shape of the um, emblem. Yeah, it is so nice. And the edges are gold. Yes, it's it's very nice. It's not a notebook that I would ever want to write in. It's too. Yeah, it's too high quality. I would never want to like write in the pages, but you can write in them. Our co-hosts of the podcast eligible to win. We have our own copy, so we're good. We, we we bought two. We bought two. We're good. There are two of us. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're interested in winning these, head over to our Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast for all the details over there. Uh, it's the pair. We'll be giving both of them away to one lucky winner. So head over there for all the details of the giveaway. All right. So let's jump into the main topic this week, the Galactic Star Cruiser. So um, kind of have these in somewhat of an order of like least likely to most likely, a little bit of a mix uh, in here as well. So start off with one of the ones that I think is probably the least likely, but I do think this is one that people talk a lot about and even talked a lot about whenever the Star Cruiser came out was just make it a regular hotel. Like just have a Star Wars hotel that would have done so much better. I think the chances of them taking what they have built in the Star Cruiser in the Halcyon and converting that to a regular hotel is very, very slim. I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but I mean, I'm thinking it's like a 10, maybe 15% chance at best that they'll turn it into a regular hotel. I don't think that, you know, there's enough things in there that could break down. Now, I don't know if they allow you into the bridge or things like that, but I mean, it is, the hotel rooms are really cool. Um, When we had, when we went even our last time, we hadn't watched any of uh, Rebels and didn't really realize that the rooms are kind of patterned off of a lot of the Oh, from the ghost. Yeah, they look like that. In in Rebels. So, I mean, if you're a fan, like that is really, really cool. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's a draw, but at the same time, I don't know if there's enough there um, if they don't let you do all the extras, that people are going to be super satisfied. Yeah, I think a, the, a lot of the problems with not turning into a regular hotel. One, the rooms are kind of small. I mean, they're they're good for the Star Cruiser because again, you're not in your room ninety percent of the time, so you don't need a lot of space. But if that's a hotel you're staying in, you're not going to want to stay in a room that size. The other issue is there's like no 
amenities that you have there. So there's no pool there. There is a dining option, but it's one big room. Um, so you could have it kind of like a food court style, but I don't know that that's even big enough to house you know, a lot of people in there. So if Disney was going to do this, they would have to invest a lot of money to build out like a pool, to build out some other stuff there. There's no windows even to the outside. Like it's, it's not something that you would just want to stay at as a normal hotel. And if you did, Disney would have to put a lot of money into it. And I don't know if this is something they want to put more money into necessarily to make work, to kind of retrofit it to be an actual hotel. So that's why I think it's very, very low that it becomes just a regular hotel. Yeah, I think that what we're going to get is going to be something closer to what we had, um, particularly since I think there was a lot of an outcry. So uh, we'll, we'll get more options like that. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, potentially could it be a deluxe hotel? Again, there is nowhere near enough amenities to be a deluxe hotel. I do think, though, what has a slightly higher chance, if you want to look at it as a regular hotel, more of a deluxe, is turning it into DVC. And the only reason I think this has a slightly higher chance, maybe a 20 or 30% chance here, is that DVC sells points. And so the number of points they could sell there would fund the improvements that we talked about. So adding a pool, adding amenities, maybe a spa, you know, all the, all the new DVCs, the deluxe, they have fitness uh, rooms and gyms and stuff like that in there. Um, you're going to need a, a signature dining restaurant. So you're going to need a sit-down restaurant besides just what they have. And again, where we talked about Disney's not going to want to put the money into it for a regular hotel, DVC selling all those points would basically fund all of those renovations and improvements. I would love to see what a galactic gym would look like. Like, what are the weight? What's the weight room like? Are they? Are there you treadmills? Can, are or are you they? You get those weightless treadmills. You know, like those those um, like they have cool ones that are like curved, basically uh, yeah, treadmills. Make- like you could get a futuristic gym set in there to kind of go on on brand and on theme. I mean, I kind of would want just a training that is like, how, what if they had, I mean, they would never do this, but what if they had exercise classes where you, you use like a fake lightsaber and then you practice, like you were doing different forms and practicing like martial arts as kind of like the lightsaber the training, but yeah. more, I mean, and that is kind of tiring. Like if you were the one up there doing that the whole time and holding the different kind of like, like positions. Yeah. Like almost like yoga, like lightsaber yoga, or I, I know what you're saying. You're saying more like martial arts, but yeah, you could, you could do a whole sort of themed workouts and stuff like that with it. Um, and kind of use yeah, more futuristic stuff. But I think the problem with that is even if you put those upgrades into it and it's going to be hard to kind of fit it in the space. I think you'd almost have to build onto it. You probably would need to build more rooms because again, a hundred rooms isn't going to be a lot. There's not a ton of points you could sell there, but are you really going to want to stay there? Like it, I still don't see that being like DVC quality hotel. Like I I think people would still be like, I I don't know because to your point, are you going to be able to do the lightsaber training? Is the, is there, are they going to have bridge training? Like, I don't know that that would be something that they would just do throughout the day without being an additional upcharge. And so it's like they're going to kind of bolt on stuff to make it a deluxe if you kind of squint. And and maybe you can get some people to buy into DVC. But like that's not really a hotel, I feel like, that you're going to want a DVC at. And also, if they only keep it 100 rooms, it's going to be so hard to ever use your points there. I could see that being like a big complaint. Like I bought these points – And it's never available because you have so many people trying to get such a limited number of rooms. 
Yeah, I I think that this, you know, this is not very likely because I think in a lot of the customer surveys they're going to get, it is not what Disney I don't want to say it's not what they built because they did they came up with the whole experience, but it's not the physical what they built. It's community and like the personnel that actually like really brought the Star Cruiser to life. So I feel like in some of those customer service surveys, they're going to find out that, oh, if we if we just bring it to life using this, this is an option, making it DVC, that we're going to be missing the boat and people aren't going to be satisfied because we're not having a show. We're not having um, Gaia or the Saja or Croy. Like, it's just not it's not going to work. Yeah. One thing you mentioned there, I think was a really great point, And it's the fact that having it be a hotel is not what Disney built. And I think that's a really good point. They didn't build this to be a hotel. You know, as much as the press was Star Wars Hotel, that's what everybody was kind of calling it. I think that was one of the issues with it because the press, everybody called it a Star Wars Hotel and Disney just kind of let that happen. They really didn't control the narrative. They never built this thing to be a hotel. And so that's why I think these options aren't going to work because you're right. That's not what that's not what people enjoyed about the experience and that's not what Disney built the experience to be. So it would be very difficult, I think, to retrofit it for a hotel. And that's why ultimately I think these are very low options. I mean, I could see maybe Disney doing this because maybe they misconstrue the feedback from people and be like, oh, they like staying there. Everybody said they like to be in the ship. Let's just you know, make it a hotel and, and kind of miss the boat. But I ultimately don't think they're going to do that. But uh, you never know. I mean, Disney's made some weird decisions lately. Well, you could see them saying that this is a nostalgia factor, too. Some people might want to buy in. And I thought about this, like, as we were kind of talking about it, would I want to potentially try to get DBC here? And I think my initial reaction is, yes, like, I can remember the great times that we had there. And, you know, it would be really cool to go back. And then I thought about it. And I thought I'd think like, that would eventually water down the memories that I have there as well. And it's not going to match up to the experience. So I don't think I would want to spend the points. Like I'd rather get, you know, DVC at like animal kingdom lodge or something instead. Yeah. I also think the other problem is with a hotel, something I just thought about the way you get on and off the ship is so themed that is that something you're going to want to go through all the time? Like if you think about hotel, you're, you're coming and going a lot. You know, are you going to want to take those lifts up and down and go through the whole, oh, we're, we're leaving the ground and going into space. We're in space. We're going down to the ground. Like, would they have to come up with a whole new way to enter the ship? And then it becomes, well, now it's not themed that you're actually flying in a ship because you're just coming in normally because, again, they have to make it easier access. So you kind of lose some of the theming and, and world building around it um, as well. Uh, the next thing, and I, I don't think this is a, a high likelihood either. I think this is probably the last one we have that I think is a, a lower likelihood, but turning it into an escape room or escape room. So the ship itself, I think you could very easily see, you know, the engineering room could be some sort of escape room. You could, you could have maybe the bridge with some reconfiguration be an escape room. You could also, again, if you're not going to use it as a hotel or as a, a place people are going to stay at, you have a ton of space where all those hotel rooms are. And you could 
combine the rooms, retrofit those, and make those different escape rooms that, hey, maybe you go to, there's different escape rooms, and then while you're waiting, you have lightsaber training or bridge training or something like that. I think this is good because you can offer a lower price point, higher volume of people coming through. I think the the reason why this probably won't happen, you know, Universal, maybe about a year ago, came out with themed escape rooms. So I think they have Jurassic World is one. And I forget the other one. I want to say it's like E.T. or something like that. Um, I, don't, I don't believe it's E.T., but I, so I forget what the other one is. But you don't hear much about them anymore. So I don't know that they're super popular because you feel like if you would have, if they would have done really well, Disney would have come out with their own themed escape room by now. They have a ton of IP or Universal would have come out with more. And so maybe the demand down in Central Florida isn't there for escape rooms. And so I think that would is going to kind of hamper Disney's idea, like Disney's choice of turning this into escape room. I think if, if Universal's was super popular, then maybe you'd see Disney do this. But I just feel like it's it's somewhat of an unproven concept for theme parks. The other one is Back to the Future. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I yeah, I agree. I don't think that this is a very feasible option for them. Um, I feel like when people are at the parks, this isn't necessarily something that they want to spend their time doing. Um, so I don't think, you know, this would be something that maybe if you're a local that you would do because it's different or somebody who's a frequent park goer, maybe you do it because it's a little different. But again, I don't think they're going to get the mass popularity from that, that they would want because that's the reason why they closed, they closed down the star, like the star cruise or to begin with is that it, it didn't do as well as they had hoped. Yeah. And it's really interesting because escape rooms do seem very popular. And when Universal announced this, I think there was a lot of like hype around this. Oh, Universal is going to theme escape rooms. They're going to use their IP, and which is like really interesting. Like it, it sounds like something that a lot of people would want to do. You know, just just knowing how people go to escape rooms, and then having like Jurassic World, Back to the Future, and IP that you're familiar with. That you know, when it came out, I think we even talked about it. That we talked about, hey, what what could Disney do and have something similar? But then again, you, you've never really heard anything about it. So it, it must be something like that. Yeah, if you're down there for a theme park, you're not thinking about doing an activity like that. You know, that's kind of something more like you do back home. Yeah, that's true. So another option that they could potentially do with this, and I think it's a much higher likelihood of them doing this, would be a one-day day trip from Batu. So you are bringing somebody on, maybe they're not even staying overnight, but you're bringing the people on and they can experience the ship in a truncated version. You would probably still have some actors there. Again, probably it's not going to be a fully fledged out story like it was, but you would maybe have a performance by Gaia or potentially you go in and you train with the Saja. So you'd still maybe have a portion of the experience, but it is in no way as all encompassing, I, I think is the best way to say it as what, you know, the original experience was. Yeah, I think this is a way for them to add on to you already buying a park ticket. So they kind of got you to buy the ticket to the park. And then they get you to kind of buy this add on experience. I, I think this is definitely trending more towards where they're going to go. I think there's probably better than a 50 50 chance that they do something like this. You know, I could see this as like a, a dinner show and the finale. So maybe like a six to eight hour um, show. And I, I've kind of gone back and forth thinking of this of, you know, do you maybe start on the ship? 
and then end in Batu and have the finale in Batu, but the ship's kind of already built for the finale, so it probably seems more likely like you start in the parks in the morning and maybe you head in the afternoon, you know, do dinner, have the finale, and then you know, you could still do the bridge training, the lightsaber training as people are eating and kind of rotating through. I actually think if they did something like this, something else that would be a smart idea, because again, you don't need hotel rooms anymore. Like I kind of go back to this of if they do a day trip, if they do something that's not an overnight experience, you have so much space where those rooms are. I mean, basically, if you look at the ship, half the ship is just hotel rooms. So I think you could convert those rooms into more training pods. So that way you can get more people in training. I think you could also add in lightsaber building. Why not just have that on the ship? So yeah. you do a day experience, you can just add on your um, you know, building. Savi's workshop is on the ship there that you can just build your lightsaber as part of your experience. You know what I want? What's that? I want to go into, um, I want to go and mine my own kyber crystal. That's what I'm saying. Something like that. I think even like a Jedi temple, because one thing I've learned from watching Clone Wars and Rebels, specifically Rebels, is there's basically <laughs> discarded Jedi temples everywhere. You can basically like trip on a rock and fall into a Jedi temple. And so I feel like it's weird that Disney doesn't have any Jedi temples any, anywhere. Like in Galaxy's Edge, and there's there not are a more Jedi than temple. One Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you would think they would have a Jedi temple you could go into, it would be cool to have one on the ship. And it, I feel like it wouldn't even really be out of place story-wise because again, the places some, some of these Jedi temples are, they're just like, Oh, there's like a hole in that rock wall. Oh, it's a Jedi temple that we just got teleported to. <laughs> so you could easily have, Oh, I'm on the star cruiser, but behind this door, I fell through a portal and I'm in a Jedi temple. So I think doing something like that again, take some of that space, convert some of the rooms, give people more stuff to do because to your point, it's not going to be a full story. You're going to have less actors. You're going to need to keep people busy. So give them more things to explore. Yeah. And then that way you wouldn't need as much of a story and you wouldn't need as much of a cast there, which again, I think Disney's going to want to do that because you need to cut yeah, not, costs yeah, as well. Not, not that we don't think they should right. have that, but because you're going to charge it's not less. As cost yeah, and you, yeah. You're going to need to cut the cast. I think, you know, the other thing is, if you know whatever they do here, if it's a day trip, you're automatically are cutting a lot of the people that you need because you don't need the valet service coming in. You don't need as many like customer service people and and dining people. Like that's a way for them to cut back. You can cut back on some of the actors. But yeah, I mean you're you're gonna need stuff for people to do. So building some of this stuff in, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I do think I think that was and that was one of our initial. Um, critiques of the ship is that that we wish there was more to explore on the ship and that you know you had the engineering room but you found out eventually that it really doesn't do anything and there were other until places until it does like yeah, yeah just normally it's it's there's really nothing going on yeah. there until it's part of the story and then you can't really do anything with the bridge until that's active so it was like you know there needed to be some sort of gamified something or somewhere for you to go but outside of your data pad I think that they could actually add in now. Yeah. And I think some of the downsides of this, like we talked about, if you don't have the full cast there, you're going to have less personal interactions yep. and just the overall story is going to suffer because you're going to try to condense down what took two days into something that's good that they can convey in a few hours to kind of build up to some sort of finale. So there, it's obviously going to be a lot quicker and you're not going to have as much interaction and say on that story. 
But I do think if Disney did something like this, I mean, I think 200 to $250 a person probably isn't unreasonable if you consider after hours events can run up to $200. The, the holiday parties can run up to $200 for a three hour experience. So I think if Disney did something like this, a dinner show, you know, a four to, to six hour experience, you could easily charge $250 a person. If you got 400 people a day, which the ship can kind of handle, that's about a hundred grand a day, which I think is, is pretty good. It would effectively be like a quarter of a price of what the Star Cruiser was. So Star Cruiser was about like $1,200 a day per person. Um, so obviously, like we said, Disney's making less. We're going to have to cut some costs. But I think it's that's a reasonable price. And I think Disney could probably pretty easily keep that fully booked for pretty much every day there um, at that price point. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree. And I think that that has... I mean, a little bit lower of a likelihood than our next option, because I think that this next option is an interesting experience. And again, um, you know, they have one of these experiences already. So we think that another option is that they have a hoop-de-doo type show. Yeah. And I, if I'm betting on what Disney does, I think this is what we ultimately get. Yeah. T- taking hoop-de-doo review as kind of the model and converting that to Star Wars, basically. I, I think that's your best shot of where Disney goes with this. Just be, just because it makes a lot of sense in terms of like economics and scale and things like that. Hope to do review is a performance based show. And I think that they could do something like that because we they do already have a performance kind of already fleshed out from the Star Cruiser. They could add new new stuff to it but you have a performer you have Gaia you have Wani and then you could also if you wanted to even if they wanted to build in some sort of a conflict they could pull in a character like Sammy or even Lieutenant Croy because I think that there's a lot of Croyalists out there um, to create some sort of waves and interest during the show besides just the singing and people would probably enjoy it make it a couple hours long and then you're you're in and you're out yeah, I mean, definitely. If you look at the Hoop Dee review model, they do three shows a day, and they are two hours each. And so I think you could easily do that. Like you said, you have you know Guy's dinner performance. It's basically they have that fleshed out. I mean that you know that dinner is is an hour, maybe hour and a half with Gaia and Wani. So I think what you could do is you know. The Star Cruiser right now is built for a max of 500 people. They have two dinners. So you figure maybe 250 to 300 people a dinner. But I think you could easily have four to 500 people each time and do just like you do in the Star Cruiser. One group goes to dinner, maybe cut down the show a little bit. It's an hour dinner. The other group is going through bridge training, an engineering room experience, a lightsaber training. Because again, you have all of that stuff there. So you might as well utilize it. And then that group goes to dinner, sees Guy's performance, just like you do on the ship. And then that other uh, group is then going through and doing the experiences. And then, like you mentioned, I think you could have some other characters. I wasn't thinking Lieutenant Croy, but you're right, like Sammy, the captain. Like You're going to need people to run those experiences. So the captain could be on the bridge. Sammy, the mechanic, could be in the engineering room. You could have a few Saja in the lightsaber training. So you have you know, maybe half the actors that you had uh, on the current experience, and you probably need, like we said you know, before with the day trip, maybe a third of the support staff because you don't need the luggage service people. You don't need the people cleaning the hotel rooms because there are no people in hotel rooms. So I think you really cut that back. And now you're getting 
you know, 12 to 1500 people a day through there. Whereas before you were getting, you know, four to 500 a day. So Hoop-dee-doo review costs uh, 66 to $74 for adults, depending on where you sit, how close to the stage you are. And then it's uh, 39 to $44 for children. So, I mean, that's probably the minimum Disney would charge. Obviously, this is going to be uh, more immersive. You're going to have additional experiences on it. So I could easily see Disney charging $100, $150 a person. Because again, if you're going down to Disney, a lot of people, and it was rightly so, it was very expensive. You're not going to want to pay five to $6,000 to do the Star Cruiser because then you're like, well, now I can't go to Disney World. Yeah, it siphons away from your trip. Exactly. But if you are at Disney World for the week and you have a family of four and it's maybe five to 600 bucks to go do this two to three hour Star Cruiser experience show where you have a show, your kids get the lightsaber train, you get to play on the bridge, you're going to go, it's 500 bucks, it's 600 bucks. I'm already down here. Of course, I'm going to do this. Spending so much money. Right. Yeah. Why would I not spend, why would I not spend a few hundred dollars more to do this? And at that price point, Disney could get probably one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 a day if they fully booked three shows a day, which is basically how much they were making from a full voyage on the Star Cruiser. I mean, they were making it probably, if you booked out every room, $250,000 to $300,000 a day. So they could do this with less staff, so they could cut their costs and basically make the same amount of money, so it now becomes a profitable experience for them and one that they want to continue and keep updating. Um, and then you could potentially, you know, change storylines, do something like that to keep it fresh. So I think it makes a lot of sense because again, it works for Hoopty Doo Review and it has a pretty big cast. I think there's like 10 or 12 actors running Hoopty Doo Review. Hmm. So it obviously works for them at, you know, that, that 60 to $70 price point. So I think charging a little bit more to run it on the Star Cruiser, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate to agree with you on that because I still think we're you're going to lose a lot here. Um, but yeah, I think that this could be you know a potential like way of getting people to want to come on. Also, I could see getting a couple other additional crowds. Like first of all, you get people that went on the Star Cruise and are like, oh my gosh, I just want to get back on there. And then you're going to get some people that are like, I don't want to pay that. And now I get to go on the ship and see it. And I'm not a sucker and didn't pay all that money. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's It would be booked. I, I think if you said it's a hundred bucks, it's $150. I mean, you could probably even go up to $200. If people are already down there, I think they're going to get a lot of people are going to like, yeah, I'll pay that. It's, it's especially if, because it was out there that it was five or $6,000. You're right. You're going to have thousands of people that are going to go, this is a deal. Yeah. Like I, I can't afford not to do this, um, but you're right. The people that went on the star cruiser, you're obviously going to realize something's missing. Yeah. But that's a small group. You know, I think the good thing about these options are it's going to expand this experience to a lot of other people that otherwise would never have been able to experience it. Right. And I think there's a good opportunity because if demand is so high, Disney may then be willing to add additional actors back in to build out a little bit more, more of a story. It almost becomes like an adventurer's club at this point. It almost becomes a blend of hoop dee review, a show, you know, a dinner show with adventurer's club where you had kind of a storyline with actors and characters that you could interact with that, again, had both, both experiences have a huge fan base. You know, I mean, a lot of people, 
it was one of my things I talked about on my Disney bucket list was to get a time machine and go back to the Adventurers Club. But yeah, I mean, it it almost becomes a a mix of that. And I really, I really think this could really work well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it would, it would be fun. And also the other thing that I think would be interesting is I think that the crowd that would be attracted to it, it, it almost would be like if they had this dinner, dinner show, it might help people understand it more. It could almost be a marketing ploy that if they ever did want to bring it back in full full form because people are going to go on and see what the dinner show is like. And then there's going to be other people that actually do full dress that come to the dinner show wearing their Star Wars gear. And people are going to say, oh my gosh, this is like more than I ever really thought it was going to be. People are willing to play along with this game. It's basically a game and get into it. And, and it's like really immersive and they're going to suddenly maybe understand, and it might create more demand. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that when we talked about our experiences on the Star Cruiser and, and talking about where we think maybe some of the issues were. And it was that the Disney marketing had no idea how to explain this. Yep. And it was something you had to experience to understand. And we talked about this of when they first announced they were only going to do weekend cruises starting in October. That was before they announced, hey, we're just going to close the thing. That... We, our hope was maybe they'll take you know, the, the four days a week that there aren't any cruises and do something like this where they do a dinner show, where they do a one-day yep. trip to get people to understand, to just have a mini story, to understand this is how you interact with the characters. This is really what this thing is that would then kind of drive interest for a, a longer a story. Yeah, a longer voyage. voyage. Yeah, yeah I, think, I still think that they they really i mean they missed the boat on that but i still say it's not too late for disney to go back and actually recognize what they had no definitely and i and i got to say if my options are no star cruiser like if the building just sits vacant or something happens and we have like a dinner show like this again while it's not going to be the level of the experience i'd take that you know yeah. what I mean? Like if those are my two options, I would actually be excited about this. If, if they said, hey, we're going to do these dinner shows, you can kind of experience the ship. It's a little mini story. I would be very excited for that. And that would be something I would like jump to do pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, I, I really, I do think that there, I, 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 there's just one little tiny part of me that in the back of my mind, I, I think that they maybe when they do these customer you know, interviews. This is what I was actually talking about at the very at the top of the show. My final idea is after they talk to these people and they realize that, you know, they realize that they had to get on the ship and it was a limited time thing and it was so wonderful and, and life affirming and whatever. And then they realize, oh, well, it's the fact that it was a limited time thing. That is what drove interest. So how can we do that? And so they reboot the Star Cruiser, but they don't keep the same storyline all the time. And maybe seasonally they change it or they change the story every year so that you feel like you you have to go back and experience it. Yeah, and I had to imagine there was always contingency plans for changing the story because I, I, I don't think they ever would have thought that they could keep this same story for 20 years. I mean, like, I, I don't think they were that naive. I mean, just knowing that Lucasfilm was going to make more Star Wars movies over the next decade and you have the Mandalorian series, like, there's no way, you know, you're going to build this and think, yeah, in 20 years, people are still going to care about Rey and Kylo Ren in this story. Like, there always had to be contingencies to updating this. But but I'm with you. Like, 
I think it would probably have been a decade before they changed the story, but maybe changing it quicker. I think the problem that we get into now is they so publicly said they wrote off, you know, $300 million worth of this project. And I don't know that we have a good handle on what is that? Was that, yeah. you know, development like legally, what are they, what are they obligated to do? Yeah. But yeah. Because, the building and right. Stuff? So, I mean, did they write off? Yeah. Did they write off the building? I don't think they wrote off the building because I think they're still going to use that. My guess is they probably wrote off some of the development of the technology for like the scheduling of the story and moving people around. So again, you know, you could still do bridge training and and lightsaber training and stuff like that, but it's just going to be scheduled like any other normal experience. It's not going to be this app that communicates with you with all these characters and then, you know, does all that because I'm sure that took a lot of money to develop. So maybe that's what they wrote off. So again, that's why they can still use the building for whatever they want. But it's not going to have that interactive feature. But again, we don't know that, so I think that is going to be you know one thing that that's hindering. You know, I think the the last piece of this is that you could also see stuff from the Star Cruiser just kind of popping up in other places. And I think this is you know really good no matter what. Even if Disney you know does have something where they keep the Star Cruiser open or they have some sort of experience, I think taking pieces of what they did there and either expanding on it or putting in other parts of the park, I think are really highly likely because if you followed anything about the Disney company, and if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, and and you've listened to our episodes about Disney history and and unbuilt attractions, every time Imagineering comes up with something, it never dies. That, that project, you know, maybe that project dies, but then a piece of that comes up somewhere else. I mean, if you look back at the ski lodge, Disney was going to build in California that got canceled, but they were going to have an attraction there that was Country Bears Jamboree. So that so we got Country Bears Jamboree in the parks, and you know, so they just they just constantly reuse stuff. So I think it's you're going to see things happen. So a lot of the stuff that made it to the Star Cruiser was originally intended for Galaxy's Edge, and they decided not to put it in Galaxy's Edge and put it on the Star Cruiser, which I know you know rubs some people the wrong way because definitely it's like you were going to build this for free, and now you're making people pay for it. So I think you could see some of that stuff get put back into Galaxy's Edge. And I actually felt like that was kind of a running joke at Oga's when we came from the Star Cruiser, when people would kind of, um, we'd meant, like if we mentioned Gaia, they'd be like, oh, we don't like Gaia. She's too like good for us or whatever. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it was probably a joke amongst cast members because she was originally like it intended to be more accessible to everyone and she was kind of cloistered away and on this ship yeah because the original plan was i don't think she was going to be at oga's but there was going to be like a second cantina or a second restaurant in galaxy's edge and it was going to have the gaia dinner show i mean if you look back at the early concept art she basically was there and so the dinner show you had on the star cruiser was going to be at galaxy's edge the other thing is the finale on the star cruiser the battle between ray and kylo ren was originally designed as like a stunt show in galaxy's edge if you look if um if you look kind of like where the milk stand is like where the blue milk stand is and often where like chewy is like all the speeders and above that there's like a catwalk that the stormtroopers walk on that catwalk is there because that was going to be a stunt show and you know i kind of forgot about this our our friends sent us a video um from it was the media day of the opening of rise of the resistance and they did like a whole show throughout all of Galaxy's Edge. So it took place. But that stunt show was a part of it. And I kind of forgot that that was going to be there. 
But that was amazing to see. And I don't know why. I don't know why Disney never did that. I mean, I get because, again, they wanted to be on the Star Cruiser. But why not have that out in the West Coast? Like, they have something similar to Avengers Campus with, the, like, the Avengers stunt say, show. Yep. Why don't they do that at Galaxy's Edge over on West Coast? Like, I or, hope... Or East Coast, because West Coast has their thing. Right. But I, I'm saying, like, I get maybe why they didn't want to do it in Disney World, because they had the Star Cruiser there, yeah. so you don't want to have two. But West Coast, they don't have the Star Cruiser. So, you know, hopefully... Now that the Star Cruiser is maybe gone, maybe Disney revisits that. Because having something like that in the park, especially in Galaxy's Edge, that would be great. Because the the shows and the characters in Avengers Campus are definitely the highlight of Avengers Campus. And Galaxy's Edge could really use that. Imagine seeing at night, um, you're there and and the lightsabers and everything. And like, it would just go so well now with the media event. If you've not seen that, go back and watch that video because it was like a whole coordinated thing throughout the entire land and, and the characters and the resistance were, were going through the whole land. Um, and it basically, you could see that cause they were working on the star cruiser at the time. And I kind of feel like they were almost like testing kind of some of the characters. Cause you had a, a first order Lieutenant, you had some resistance uh, fighters, you had Kylo and Ray, like you could see like the startings of the, Star Cruiser storyline in that media, and even event. some of the uh, actors. Our our Lieutenant Croy and our uh, he also played Wraith Cole for us whenever yeah. we did it on the first time. Yeah, he, he was, was in he was one well. of the actors on that media day. Yeah, but but imagine even having that. Imagine having that full experience as like an after hours event at Hollywood Studios. So yeah. you have after hours in Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, and they basically do that thing that they did for the media event. They even had an X-Wing oh, drone fly over. Yeah, like, why insane. are they not doing this stuff anymore? So maybe Disney will, will kind of loosen the grip on that again because now they're not trying to get you to pay for this extra experience on well, that because that'd be awesome. Well, this is where I'm turning green with Envy because, again – you know, kind of as you were bringing up, why don't bring it to the West Coast? But they do, they have really great shows over there with Avengers Campus. And it is kind of like, okay, we don't have any equivalent on the East Coast to that. And so giving us some sort of stunt show where you have characters like they, you know, used to have like Black Widow fighting on the building. And I'm sure they probably still do have that. And they have a Koye coming out with the Dora Milaje and doing their, um, their tricks and like recruiting people. I mean, you could do something similar to that with Star Wars and do that. You know, they have that Ray stunt show. So I, I want to see it. West Coast can have it too. I'm not, I'm not being selfish, but you know, give, give, give us, give us, some, I guess we have the Indiana Jones stunt show. I guess you could, you could, yeah, argue that, that. that's an actual show though in a theater. I think right. the things about these, they're, they're just out the and land. about yeah. and they occur kind of, I don't want to say randomly. But that yeah, they have the Spider Man one. Like well, they have random. so yeah. much. They're all scheduled. They're now. scheduled, but yeah. like you know, it's it's cool. They have a lot of stuff going on, and you can put yourself in place. Now they do the one thing they do have in Galaxy's Edge is the show with Kylo Ren and Lieutenant Agnon. That is a really cool show, and it, there's some really incredible actors that they have playing Lieutenant Agnon, and there's a lot of interaction with the audience, and that makes you feel important, and it gives you a little bit of a taste of kind of what it was it's like to be on the star cruiser too all right another thing lightsaber training on a cruise why have they not put these on the cruise ships they already have star wars day at sea build the lightsaber training pod on a cruise ship i could very easily see them taking that putting that on one of the new cruise ships coming up because that's a a huge selling point i think people would love that you could go repeatedly and do like multiple trains you could try you know maybe they have a beginner and an advanced course 
Um, but I think that ties in really well with the Star Wars Day at Sea. And again, that's not a lot of space. They already have the technology for it, putting that on there. The other thing, and, and again, depending on what they wrote off and, and kind of the technology maybe that they can still use, the missions you do in Galaxy's Edge as part of the Star Cruiser, I don't see why you couldn't still have that. You don't have to have the storyline to do those missions. I mean, you could still, in quote-unquote, interact with those characters. You could still be on a mission from Lieutenant Croy to go get something. You could still be on a mission from the captain to help out the Resistance. It doesn't have to tie into what you're doing on the Star Cruiser. A lot of Some of the stuff you know, on uh, Batu, like scanning those crates was kind of already in the data pad, but why not add in that interactivity with the missions? You already have it. Just let everybody do that. So I, I could see that as well, if that's something that they're interested in keeping or, or they're still using that technology as well. Yeah, you definitely could, could do that. I think it would be a, a nice addition. No, 100%. So I, I think those are our thoughts um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what ultimately does happen with the Star Cruiser, what direction Disney goes if we were, you know, close with any of this stuff or we're way off in left field and Disney yeah. goes a completely opposite did, direction. Did Joe Stradamus come back? We'll see. But we'd love to hear what any of our listeners think. Like, what do you think Disney's ultimately going to do with this space? Uh, let us know on our Instagram at Enchanted Years Podcast while you're over there. Be sure to sign up for the giveaway for the uh, pretty awesome Chandrilla Starline notebook and Halcyon patch. And I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.